Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Our studios of OutlawRadioLive.com nestled somewhere in our secret bunker. In the Los Angeles area, someplace around there. <laughs> Following program True Crime Uncensored is produced by Magic Matt Allen on the Outlaw Radio Network. I am, as far as I know, the legendary Burl Bear. That's because we let you be that. That's right. And that's the only reason you are. Feeding my delusions. That's what we do. <laughs> day in and day out, like shovel and coal. Yeah. Yep. You're Howard Lapidus, manager of the star and a manager of every burglar in the world. That's the best. The best. It's the absolute best. Mark C.G. Boyer is our fact checker. Mm -hmm. And you know, you may believe, as we've come to believe from all the movies and stuff, that being... A gem heist mastermind stealing millions of dollars in diamonds and precious gems and living the life of a rock star is all a piece of cosmic cake. But there are times when things can go terribly wrong. And who would know better than gem heist mastermind and American Panther, Pavle Sedemirovic, we just call him Punch for short. <laughs> Punch for short. I don't know, is his mic up? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, it's, uh... I prefer to call him Punch. You can call him whatever you want. Why don't you get to the call? Okay, Punch! It is I, Burl. Hi. You're Burl? I thought I was. Thank you guys again for having me. This is Outlaw Radio Live. Yeah, it is. This is going to be a great show. It's going to be a fantastic show. I know it's going to be a fantastic show because you and I were BSing on the phone last night and you told me some stories that were so incredible. I said, okay, that does it. You're coming on the show tomorrow. <laughs> you are... Yeah, the, the, right. Preface is just a little bit here, Punch. I want to give a little bit of your credits. Uh, if this is a credit, <laughs> you have admittedly stolen over uh, probably $100 million in diamonds, Precious gems, designer watches, fancy clothes. Supermodel hey. underwear. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. You know? And uh, people, and I know you have lived the life of a rock star. You know, the fancy cars, the gorgeous women, all this sort of stuff. And yet, we know that even in the life of an internationally famed gem heist mastermind, things can go wrong. And I want you to share the story, tragic as it may be, of the night you blew up an entire building. <laughs> Do we have to start with that one? Do we have to start with that one? What did you want to start with? It's, it's how. I wanted to start with a nicer story. A uh, nicer story? You know, uh, okay. We have, yeah, we have such a nice audience. We do. Why don't we start with the one... The twenty million dollar heist. I'll tell you what we're gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the decision. I'm the, like the, the the mediator here. Right we're gonna start with the other one. <laughs> the twenty million dollar heist. No, no. That's the one he wants to start with. Yeah. I'm gonna make him mad at me. You are. Yeah. Because I mean, he's my friend. It's, 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 million dollar one. Which one do you want to do? Seriously, which one? I would like to start off with the twenty million dollar heist. All right, but you promise you're gonna you're gonna do the other. One. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do them all. But what I would really like to do is start with the $20 million heist because it's the biggest 
I said I was ever on. All right, start from the beginning, it's and my, let's. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and listen to this. Go ahead. Yeah, it's my opus day. Like this is it. This is the epitome of of, uh, of whatever I was, uh, whatever I wanted to get. Uh, this is what I achieved. Now, I don't know if your listeners, if they remember the last time that I was on the show, that I was uh, talking about a time that I left. $16 million in cash behind. Let's, and, pre- let's uh, pretend we all remember that. I remember. Okay, let's, let's say we remember this. And this was because of my youth and stupidity. And uh, once one person dwells in a criminal underworld, he must have a certain status. And uh, I, I really blew it when I, when I, when I uh, missed the $16 million. And uh, we walked away with $3 million in diamond jewelry but the 16 million in cash was left behind and the next morning um uh, the feds they raided this uh, jewelry company this corporation and uh, they took out like 11 people 11 guys uh out in handcuffs and they were carrying bags of money the same bags of money that i was picking and uh i remember this because I remember my foot, you know, nailing the bag. I'm like, what is this garbage? Like, you know, I didn't... Uh, what the hell's the matter with you? You know, <laughs> be- you know better than that. Why don't you just look inside? Yeah, garbage. But, 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 but hold on a second. I was there for jewelry, not for cash. I know what you were and there for. What but the for- hell, What the hell would, would uh, a bunch of bags doing that are uh, uh, these, uh, uh, you know, the mail bags? They're like big mail bags. Candace mailbags, and uh, they were in a room. That's the first place I'm looking. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Hold on a second. It was in a room that was that wasn't even uh, like people didn't need. This was like a garbage room. Uh, I had tables upside down, and uh, you know it was like a storage almost. You know. That's this, exactly this where I would hide sixteen million dollars. <laughs> well, so <laughs> we didn't know this. Nobody knew. Nobody knew anything on Forty Seventh Street until. I, uh, you know, I found out the next day. Now, the feds were monitoring this place across the street in a hotel on the same floor. It was like the seventh floor. And they were watching them. They had a tape 24 hours running, you know, through the window. And they used to watch them. So what were they, they doing? Were, uh, they had a three-month investigation on them already. So when we got the tip... We got the tip. Obviously, I told Burrow who we got the tip from, Laka Safe Corporation, because they were proposing to build a new safe, you know, uh, a new complex, a new vault for them, and uh, they didn't want to do it. So I was given the job, and uh, when I went there, I opened two safes that were, uh, they were pretty good. They were like PL30 safes, and uh, we took around $3 million. Our audience wouldn't know what that means. What, what kind of safe? Oh, a TL30 is uh, something that's insured up to 30 minutes, meaning professionals cannot get inside of this safe until 30 minutes is, uh, until the time is up. Because uh, how, does this, how, does is, that, uh, how does the time start? I mean, like you could take like, uh, you know, tools and bang on it and... Right. Well, as soon as you start attacking the safe, that's when the time starts. Okay. So you have 30 minutes from that time to open it. And uh, this is what the insurance company, this is how they um, assess uh, jewelry companies to um, insure them for how much. Meaning if I want to get $100 million insurance, I have to have a certain type of safe and a certain type of vault 
so I can put the safe inside the vault. And it has to be a certain type of uh, 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 TL uh, status, whatever they go by, UL. So there's a company that uh, that tests the and strength. And rates the, the safes, safe. right? Right. Uh, now, now, if you get a safe like from Home Depot, I could open that in two seconds. Like, that's not a safe at all. Well, don't ever buy those safes at Home Depot or Costco or anything like that. Those are not safes. That's not for, uh, you know, securing jewelry or money. How do, you, how do you get in those safes so quick? What do you do? With a magnet, with an with a earth magnet. It's very easy. You put an earth magnet in a sock, and you pull it uh, right above the, the tumbler, and it pops right open in two seconds. It's, it's a joke. Or you can even bounce them on a the bed. If you bounce them on a the bed, uh, there's a mechanism that bounces up and down, and, and it's going to pop open also. So it's, it's a joke. It's not even a safe. Amazing. Uh, and people spend $1,000 on those safes. Yeah. Uh, a real safe is the twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 you're going to spend on a safe, at minimum. Okay. How do you get those open? You bounce them on a bed. Well, <laughs> no, no, those you don't bounce on a Maybe we can mark, mark Boyer on a bed, but not, not those saves. Oh. Uh, those saves are uh, traditionally they're open with, um, uh, with pipe burners or with, uh, uh, with, uh, with the front mechanism, meaning, uh, uh, oh, boy, what, what, uh, with uh, fiber optics. And uh, this is this is the way you know these shapes are, are attacked usually. But okay, so wait a second. Let's let's a, let's clear this up yeah. here. You go in there looking for for diamonds and jewels. You get those three million dollars worth, but you inadvertently, because you didn't know what was in the bags, leave behind millions yeah. of dollars in cash. This yeah. nags yeah. at you. And you, and you, get, you, yes. you get to watch it on TV the next day when the feds are marching them out the door. Yes. That's, yes. that's now, sensational. Now, this was in the newspapers. It was in the newspapers. It was like a late edition, early edition, I don't know. But uh, it was a front page, and it said stupid burglars leave $16 million behind or something. It was tremendous. How'd you feel about it? How'd you feel about it? Well, this is, well, this is, this is how we found out that uh, there were certain um, jewelers that were Jewish, and uh, I believe these people were Israeli. They were half Israeli and half Hasidic, and uh, they had this company. Uh, and what you, they were doing, you can, by the way, you can be you can be an Israeli punch. Back up, because when you get into the Jew territory, you can be an Israeli Hasidic. Yes, you can. Okay. You can be an Israeli Hasidic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you were but, embarrassed but about he, this, no doubt. No, no, no. But this was this was half and half. Half was Israeli company. Half was a Brooklyn. A Hasidic uh, family that we found out later, and uh, even women got arrested because they were laundering money for the Colombian drug lords, and this is bizarre. Well, maybe it's a and good thing. This is how we found care. out. This is how the Fed found out that they were laundering money uh, for the Colombian drug dealers. They didn't know either. Nobody knew. We stumbled upon the money. Well, we damaged the safes, and uh, the police came in in the morning. And uh, when these people came to work, uh, they all got arrested. Here's, it was like 11 of them. Here's kind of what's piquing and, my interest. I, I want to go back a little bit. I know you want to keep going yeah. because you, if we let you keep going, you'd go until 5.30. And we love you for that, by the way. We do. And I, I mean that. Of course, Alan. Okay. So, so my question to you is the 30 minutes. Let's talk about that for a second. Yes. If you rattle that safe, y you can't get in there for 30 minutes. That's what they claim, yes. But what, you're, what if you're doing a torture, uh, you know, the, the ways you, you get in, um, what's stopping you? And can you spend that kind of time? Oh, yeah, we shut off the alarms. 
You see, we put the alarms on runaway, so we could, you know, if I'm there Friday, I have till Monday. I have till Monday morning to open that safe. Oh, so 30 minutes doesn't home. bother you at all. So you start... No, 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 absolutely not. No, not. When you have time, the only thing that stops a good burglar is time. The only thing that stops a robber is time. That's it. The time. The time that you go into a place and the time you leave. If it's under 27 seconds, you're going to be extremely successful. If What's it's over that? 27 seconds... You're going to have problems. How long is uh, how long is it, how long is a good smash and grab? A smash and grab, 27 seconds. Okay. No more. Got it. No more. And you can do. A, you'd be surprised what you can do for in 15 seconds. Okay. 15 seconds is a long time. You're in TV. You're in TV business. You know. A, you know, a few seconds is a long time. People don't realize. Um, how how long a second is? Well, take us through. And, uh, take if us you're through dealing the... with professionals, time out, time out. If you're dealing with professionals that are trained to do this, these are like Olympians, okay? Olympians, the fastest people in the world are doing this. They know exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. And there's two type of heists. You have a robbery heist, okay, and then you have a heist, a burglary heist. The burglary heist is the highest. Uh, uh, that's the highest uh, on, the, on the hierarchy, for example, on the totem pole. When you're doing burglary heist, that means, you know what that means? You're not in contact with any people whatsoever, okay? That means nobody can get hurt because you're not in contact with people. It's usually done at night, like, you know, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and when nobody knows nothing until the owners come to the jewelry or diamond company and they open the vault and the whole entire vault is empty. And they're like, wow, what happened? <laughs> and that's a heist, okay? That's a heist. Not the stuff that people steal in uh, Similac in Walmart or so in, in Walgreens, you know, that's not a heist. These people, how they, you know, the journalists, how they're labeling what a heist is, that's not what a heist is. A heist is something sensational, okay? It doesn't matter how much, but the way it's done, meaning you don't affect people, all right, or anything like that. Walk now, me, the walk, walk me through, walk me through a f the first 15 seconds of a smash and grab. What are you doing in that time? Well, well, first thing, we're going into the door. Somebody has to secure the door, meaning the door has to be held open so it doesn't lock on me. And you have two, it depends what kind of, you know, how many teams. You got a two-man team, three-man team, six-man team, you know. Let's say we're dealing with, a, let's say we're going to go with like a, a four-man team. We have one lookout outside. We have one guy holding a door. We have three guys running in like Rambo, okay? You know, like Rambo? You know who Rambo is? Like that, Rambo, over the counters, you know, and you have to yell obscenities and scare them with the gun. It doesn't have to be loaded or anything like that, but you have to, you know, you have to be very aggressive. And you have to control the whole entire situation. Usually it's one guy controlling the whole entire situation while two guys are banging the, uh, the, the glass, you know, the... Uh, case. What are they called? The showcases, yeah. Well, They're you had that the one guy with the, with the fireman's axe under his jacket. That's, yeah, that's different. That's a different type of smash and grab. That's a, a street smash and grab. The guy, you know, he either goes into, a, you know, like the Trump Palace... And he looked at, you know those windows that they have, like, something behind the window that's worth a million dollars? You know, like, uh, you know, a diamond necklace or something, or, you know. Well, this is what he goes for. And, uh, you know, he usually only grabs three, four pieces because he makes a little small hole with that fireman's axe. 
and uh, the glass was very thick. You have to be very strong to break it. And, and he would stick his hand and grab a couple of pieces and jump in the limousine that I had around the corner and leave. And that was his, uh, that was his thing. But, um, you know, not every heist is the same. You have different type of heists. You have, uh, as I said, you have a boombash. A boombash is something when you're running and it's on the alarms, meaning the alarms are running. It means the police are going to come and, uh, you know, you have like three minutes. You know, that's a boombash. And these are like little codes and, and words that we used to use and throw around so we could, you know, uh, identify the timing on the high so how you know how fast it's going to be. Walk us through but that. What, very what, elaborate, what, what would very you exciting. say? What would you say? What uh, are, excuse me? What would you say? What are some of the codes? Well, I'm not going to oh, yell at you. Why? You got right a smash and grab coming up? Yeah, I mean, you retired. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's just, uh, you know, it's not just something I'm not going to repeat, you know, uh, whatever I used, you know, like, um, you know, whatever I said, I said, you know. Uh, even though I've been out the game for oh, over, what, 10 years, 12 years, 13 years, 15 years probably, you know, many, many, many years, you know. I'm talking about this is in my past. You know, I'm a retired smash and grab guy, you know. I'm not a guy that does current stuff. Now, now listen, this is very important because the current smash and grabs are done by a, a different type of people that they took out the element of having that, um, you know, gentleman uh, criminal Mm-hmm. element out they they took it out because they're more violent and they will spray somebody with uh uh like mace, mace or something and that's 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 dangerous right there you know you can take somebody's eye out and you're putting people in jeopardy and that's not uh that's not something that I would ever do okay, let's get back so, to the fact uh, that after you didn't take that cash did you have a desire to go back and get them again no so a year later we had a uh a job come to us and it was like three four floors up uh, in the same building and uh, we had to open a vault with hydraulics and uh, when we went into the vault there was 20 million dollars cash that it's the same group of people i mean same colombians different jewelers but they utilized somebody that they knew like a cousin of those people that got arrested a year to a year ago mm-hmm. well you know same thing and we didn't know that there was going to be cash in there but i knew exactly what it was because it was the same canvas bags you see right so this was this was my biggest uh job that i ever did or ever touched it was a lot of guys involved though you know it was over six guys involved i had to pay out like 12 guys altogether. but you know it was it was the nicest uh, uh you know amount of money that i made in a short period of time and this wasn't one of my jobs. This was a job that was given to us by Waka. The safe company. You know, so, yeah, yeah. You know, so this was... I, uh, I, that really cracks me whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, these whoa, jobs were in the $100 million book. Explain... This is how you get them from the red book. Huh? Explain how that works. Well, you have to pay for that, Howard. If you want me to explain that, huh? you have to pay for it. You have money? <laughs> you going to pay me for this information? How about you, you. you want to pay for the information I <laughs> well, give you? Hold on a second. Let's talk about this. Can, can we talk about something else now, being that I just, uh, you know, uh, revealed a couple of things that's going to be in Burl Bear's new American Panther book? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I want to say this, that Howard, you know, you're in Hollywood. You have all these opportunities right now. You have so much content, so much great new content that's now recycled. It's brand new. And I know Hollywood is listening because... You know, they should all go through you, Howard Lapidus Entertainment. Am I right? 
You're a thousand percent. They want to find us. You're a thousand percent. If they want to find us. They should all go to you. They come to me. And I'm thanking Magic Matt Allen. Hold on, I want to thank Magic Matt Allen, the producer of the show, because he's gracious enough to give us this. You know, he, so he is, and 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 Matt is going to be and, financially rewarded. Oh, absolutely, of course. Listen, I am true crime. Listen, listen, I am outlaw. I'm an outlaw. I'm part of outlaw family. Right. Yes. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, how many... I mean, who else been on the show more than I have? <laughs> uh, let's see. About three people, maybe. Uh, four. <laughs> Susie's been Really? <laughs> really? Oh, that's what we're going to have to... We're going to have to... We're going to have to bump that up. Uh, are you going to tell us the story about blowing up the building? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to tell you that punch, punch. But I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you part two. Listen to this. Not parts. No, punch. Back up. Back if you're up. Using, back up. You've got you to back up for a second. I love you. You know that. But Burl has been promoing. Uh, thank you. I Burl has been promoing this all week, all week. So okay. he's right. begging I'll you. I'll give you a taste. Thank you. Ta- not a taste. taste. Okay. Well, we it. want the full meal. Tell, him, tell it the way you told it to you me last thing? night. All right. All right. Okay. This was hectic. This job. Some jobs go great. Some jobs go go crazy. And these are. This is one of the nights that uh, I'm 22 years old, uh, and I was in charge of this uh, whole entire uh, production. And I'm somewhere on the sixth or seventh floor, and uh, there was this safe, it was a Gary safe, and it's an Israeli safe, and inside these safes they put this kind of wax or some kind of, I don't know, some kind of plastic they put in the metal, and when you're burning it open, this black smoke starts shooting out, and (laughs) it's crazy. And, uh, but, being that the bottles are so heavy to carry, we usually, when we when we um, rob a, a, a manufacturing, this was a, a jewelry manufacturing that was located somewhere on 30th Street, and uh, we use their bottles because the jewelry manufacturers, they have their own oxycetone bottles. Uh, that's how they make the gold. So we just put our gear on there. And uh, when I bought these big bottles from the other workroom, I dragged them because they were really big. These are the, the giant bottles. Right. And they were laying down. They were laying down flat. And for some reason, no, no, uh, no. when I was burning open the safe, the Gary safe, it was it was closing back on me. Meaning, I'm cutting it. And I'm piercing through the safe, but all the lava is coming back out at me. Like you know, it's like sealing. And because the regulation, the oxygen and settling wasn't right. That's and right, because you had to lay it on its like, side, that's why. Yes, and, and uh, so then a fire starts, you know, the, the, this gravy that's coming out of the safe, this molten lava, you know, is just falling on the carpet, and I'm ripping the carpet out, and I have to play firefighter, and uh, I found a, a, like a, a water uh, fountain, and I took the water from there, and it didn't help, and it's just, just, it just things just started getting kind of crazy. Um, I had to make sure that all the, the alarms were sealed, you know, so because the smoke, once the smoke hits the alarm, you know, the fire department's going to come. And um, this was just like, you know, it was just a tremendous, uh, stressful uh, opportunity. So there you <laughs> and, are. The uh, safe isn't opening because it's sealing itself with the hot lava. The carpet is now yeah. caught on fire. The room is filled with toxic yeah, smoke. Like, yeah, forget it. We have like a like a five alarm blaze. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because when I was leaving, the bottles exploded and the fire department just pulled up in the truck and they had the ladder up and it was just, you know, it, it was a scene for a movie. You know, uh, I mean, I never seen anything like this before. And um, you know, I know I paid with it with every day in prison for this, 
But, you know, this is something, imagine if people were there. You know, this was at nighttime, at one o'clock at night, so this is a commercial building. This is the difference between what I do and what other criminals do. I would never steal from your house and come into your house and steal from your wallet or, you know, because it's yours. That's, you're not insured for that. It's just, it's like you're coming to my house. I only focused on insured, on insured companies and insured jewelry uh, corporations and diamond corporations that were insured heavily. And the people, the owners, they profited so heavily because they get their whole entire check within seven to fourteen days. Did you work in Did you work in cahoots with them sometimes? Yes, yeah, sometimes yes, absolutely, of course. You know, many times, many times, but not all the time. You know, um, now you know these are the codes that I had. These are strict codes, and anybody that would veer off this this uh, this vicious vicious cycle that I was on, which is being correct, meaning like you know I used to give to the poor and stuff. But that's that's me doing this because you know. What I, what I thought in my mind, you know, what was correct or accurate. But nobody in my crew could, uh, you know, hurt people or do things, you know, that were not, uh, you know, sanctioned, meaning there's no reason. There's no reason for, uh, um, you know, for you to hurt anybody, you know? That's, and that's the main thing. People don't know how to do crimes without hurting people. And uh, they do some really low-level, uh, very low-level crimes that, you know, I could never condone, you know, it's just horrible, you know, and um, so, you know, you have to explain this to them, Howard, you know, I'm not a traditional, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a former thief, but I'm not a traditional former thief, I'm much different than, uh, you know, my Your number one rule is nobody gets hurt. Volumes. No, 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 absolutely, and how, the less people, the better, um, like, I wasn't the one that, uh, you know, that started with uh, the boom boshes and, uh, you know, my thing was the heists that were burglary heists, you know, to open the safe. That's how I got my name, Punch, you know? And, uh, and this, is, this is what continued, you know, like my legacy, what I was known for and what I was best at, and I was best at opening safes and organizing heists. Speaking, of, le speaking my, of, of, of legacies, talk about your dad. Oh, my dad is, uh, he's an amazing person. I mean, you know, I wish he was an amazing dad, but he's an amazing person. You know, sometimes people can't be both, right? I mean, right. it's just like that. That's just the law of the land. Um, no, he's, uh, he's retired. He's an amazing person because he uh, put him through the ringer and made it, retired 20 years ago, and I took over then, and then I retired. Uh, all these new crews came out after but what he started, he was a gentleman, you know, a gentleman, meaning I never seen him hurt anybody. I never seen him, you know, uh, do somebody wrong or lie or cheat. You know, he was a, a very nice guy, a great guy. You know, everybody wanted to know him and everybody wanted to be with him and be his friend. And that's, that's his downfall when it came to family. He had too many friends and he spread himself too thin because everybody wanted what Mr. Stan had. And God bless him. Right now, I heard, I just heard some news today that he's in Croatia, and uh, he's fishing, and they said that his health is good. Good. That it's stable. So I'm very glad to hear this. And another thing is that Burl amazingly found my half-brother that I've been searching for for so many years. Oh, my God. Like, you have no idea. And, um, and where I find just, him... Just open up, the, open up the safe. Because uh, <laughs> he's inside the safe. You know? <laughs> 
No, yeah, I, I, I did. Uh, so I found him. Are happening all, all, Where'd you yeah, find him? Bro, no, Bro found him. Bro found him for me, and all these things are happening, and it's very, uh, how can I say, it's overwhelming, because also, I'm not going to mention names or anything like that, but I was called, Howard, this you need to know, this you need to hear, and it's okay that it's live, because... You know, uh, somebody wants me to play uh, a psychopath mobster that's going to be coming up on a new uh, a movie or series soon, and they want to fit me for a wig to make me look like the guy. And and this guy's amazing. So, I mean, a lot of these things are coming back from the 80s, you know, these stories, you know, and, and some of them have been done already, but I would be honored to play uh, somebody like that, you know, like a first-time actor to, uh, to take on a role. It's a good thing to have, flat out. Oh, I mean, uh, hey, I, I only think it's positive for us, and, and we can grow, you know. And, and this is, you know, there's amazing stories that I believe they should be made. They should be made into, uh, you know, documentaries and films. Uh, it's just so much content and so much original. Um, I mean, it's, it's just... It's magical. You, you know, know what I find fascinating, uh, Punch, talking to you, and we, we had quite a conversation at night, I'm going to share some of this with the audience today, is you were a young guy. I mean, you were only, like, you say, 21, 22 years old. You know, a headstrong cowboy, right. uh, hyperkinetic, uh, brilliant as hell, a lot of energy, uh, no fear of heights, jumping around like yeah, your damn Spider-Man, you know. And, uh, and there is a point where you are kidnapped... And wrapped in duct tape and held captive for three days, people threatening to mutilate you and kill you. And you had told me the beginning of the story, and it wasn't until I nagged you, what was it, last night? How did you get away? Will you please tell us about that wonderful experience of being kidnapped? Where do you want to start? Start with uh, them grabbing you. Well, why did they grab you? Oh, why did they grab you? Oh, they grabbed me because I had keys to 47th Street. That's why they grabbed me. And these were criminals that got kicked out out of my father's crew and uh you know they couldn't do anything nobody could do anything without us and and, and this is the god's honest truth because we had offices you know look if you're oh, another rule that that uh, my father had that was uh, an exceptional rule is that you had to have a job you know whoever was working had a, a, a official legitimate uh you know a company or, or a job they had to have a job a day job yes they had to have that and um I don't know what kind of uh, agreement he had with the police department in 1971, right, bro? Yeah. But, uh, you know, they agreed to something and to some kind of, uh, they had a sit down and they agreed to some kind of standards that he had to go by uh, for him to look clean all these years, I guess. And um, That was, he know. never had okay, any criminals as criminals. All of his criminals had jobs. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, their all taxes. the criminals have jobs, right. Okay, let me tell you, I got kidnapped. Uh, I had these two guys, these young... At that time, it was still Yugoslavia, so these two guys came from Yugoslavia. Uh, I put them on my crew. Uh, one was a boxer, the other guy was a karate uh, specialist, you know, and they were trying to break through, uh, you know, through, you know, karate, and uh, the other guy tried to be a boxer. Uh, during the day, they, I mean, they, uh, during the night, they worked as bouncers. I used to go to nightclubs. They knew who I was. They used to come to Panavella's restaurant, the restaurant that we used to have in Manhattan, and um, they asked me, they're like, please, can we make some money? And I was like, yeah, I got a job. Come on, let's go. And that evening, I, I take them to this uh, heist, the Ordan, Ordan Company, that's what it was called. And uh, I don't know, we took like $2, $3 million 
And these kids, they never seen that much amount of money, you know? And I, you know, I, I had to take them to the office with my keys through 47th Street, go into my office, and then from my office, I go into the back, and there's like a, a fire escape, and then you go to the fire escape, I'm like on the 17th floor. So, you know, it's a lot of climbing and a lot of uh, uh, rappelling, you know? Uh, it's very jagged in the backyard of 47th Street. Mm -hmm. It's not like a normal backyard. And I just learned how to run through there like I was on fire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no matter how many cops came, you know, they couldn't catch us. It was impossible because we just disappeared in the depths, in the dark depths of one of the, you know, air conditioning units and go in a window somewhere. And it's like a subterrain. It's like the Matrix back there. It's crazy looking. And I can't wait to go there again and start filming back there, or at least <laughs> getting uh, measurements, you know, yeah. to make uh, a set out of it. But uh, let me tell you, this is, like, <laughs> graphically speaking, there's nothing like it on Earth. It's, it's like you're Batman, okay? Yeah, there you are. You're Batman, and you're in Gotham City, and you're using the moonlight and the light from the Rockefeller Center. And that's, it's a big light, you know, Rockefeller Center emits a huge light. It's, the whole building's lit up, and that's what you see, basically. So all the shadows... A lot of shadow play, and um, this time, oh, 55 exchange. The guy, remember the cat and the guy? They decapitated him and they threw it out the window. Yeah, I wasn't there, thing. but I've heard Listen, the story. Yeah. New Year's Eve, 1992. New Year's Eve, 1992. 47th Street, 55 West 47th Street, the largest jewelry exchange in the world. I opened the entire vault from the ceiling, and there's like 50. Uh, small exchanges, you know, like small booths that they put their stuff there. So this is a, like a gold mine. It's like I broke into, um, you know, like a den of thieves or something, and it's like, uh, you know, Alibaba's, you know, yeah, like one of the riches yeah. in the world. You know, it was, it was amazing. And the kid that I took on this job is an Olympian. He's an Olympic grower. His name is Jamie Schaefer, and he used to work for us uh, when we were uh, doing the whiskey bar in Manhattan. And he was like a host there. He's six six, powerhouse. I mean, he's a, a rower, and he went to uh, Washington University Huskies. Mm. So you know, he's a rower there. He's very well known, um, you know, in that world, in the rowing world. And I took him, and uh, look, we opened the hole, and all of a sudden, I see somebody pop his head on the air conditioning unit, like you know, twenty feet back, and they hit it. What was it? I forgot the walkie-talkie. Huh? Well, we missed that last part. There's some guy sticks his head out of the air conditioning unit? Yeah, he sticks his head out the air conditioning units, and I see it. I'm like, who is that? Who is that? You know? And uh, nobody says anything. You know, I'm thinking it's Zoran, one of my guys, and they were going to bring my walkie-talkie or, or something that I forgot. And all of a sudden, like 15 cops jump out, homicide, with lights and everything. Oh, my God. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, what, what the hell is homicide doing back here? Like, you know what I mean? And I had this big hole. Uh, I, I just, I made a hole in, in, on, this, uh, on the roof that's like subterranean in the backyard, but it's, it's the roof of the vault, you know? You hid there? And, uh, and, and I mean, you know, I'm, I have the flashlight. I can see everything, all the diamonds and jewelry and everything. All, all, now, all we need is another crew to come inside and, and, uh, and replace... Uh, this kid and, and uh, they were going to go down and, and you know we have two crews because you know we're tired from working and uh, that's why I thought it was homicide why was homicide there homicide was there because now this is a, a commercial area there's no residential people but 
two people in the whole entire block. One Chinese guy that putts all night, you know, with a putter. Yeah. You know, and this uh, this son, a father, and uh, I don't know where they're from, Pakistan or something like that. And I used to watch. I used to see him through the window, you know, not on some not on not on some voyeurism, but I used to you know, yeah, you see notice him, who's yeah. there. You know, and uh, it was just like a, a guy and his son, you know, and he had, you know, I guess, I guess he had a cat and a dog, and, you know, we found out later, we found out later, but uh, the son, he got high on dust, I think, PCP, he uh, cut his father's head off, he, he, he took off his clothes, he cut the cat's head off, he threw it out the window, so when the cops came to look for the father's head, they found us, me and Jamie, oh, no. with a flash, you know, with, yeah. Did you and get out, did you escape? No, we didn't escape. We got beat up, and we got arrested. And uh, my name was Paul Montana, and his name was Randy Gerber, and that's that's the names that we gave. And uh, this is a, I mean, 1992 New Year's, I mean, not New Year's, what was it, Thanksgiving Eve, amazing, you know. And uh, this is a $100 million job. That's one heist that didn't go well. Okay, and get back to being kidnapped. Okay, kidnapped. Yeah, I did these, you know, I was working with these two kids, these two guys, and uh, they had an apartment that they were renting across the river, which is New Jersey. And uh, we go over there to uh, look at the merchandise that we took, you know, and, and we're splitting everything. All of a sudden, one of the guys comes back with MoMA, my Bobby Fashion. This is the only enemy that I have. Like, that was the worst. And... Uh, you know, he yoked me up, and they 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 uh, handcuffed me. They put three rolls of duct tape on me, and they were going to kill me. They were going to throw me off. They were to throw me off the Rosanna Bridge. That's not a good bridge to be thrown of off of, handcuffed and duct taped. Yeah, and they had my friend in the trunk of the car for like a couple of days. They they didn't really give too too much about. They didn't really care too much about him, Michael, Mike Jones, Mike Petrovich, and. Uh, that's he's the one that uh, told Bobby, you know, that I was messing with these guys, and you know, like everybody starts talking, and uh, Mike was never part of the original crew. Okay, so and they've got you duct taped. Break away from you. They've got you duct taped. They've got you handcuffed. Yeah. They're threatening to what? Mutilate you? Kill you? No, no. They have a shotgun in my face. You know, a shotgun in my face. Uh, and uh, no, they're not, they're not. They weren't hurting me. They're not stupid. If they were, if they hurt me, then they wouldn't have uh, a chance to, uh, to to talk after, you know, to, because then I would have to retaliate. They didn't. They didn't uh, hurt me. They just Moma is the one that hurt me. Moma's the one that choked me, and uh, you know, suffocated me while these guys, you know, um, duct taped me and handcuffed me. But I, it took me three days to escape. Uh, you know, one day, you know, I was all mummied up, like, you know, duct tape from head to toe, with a little, little, uh, like a little hole to breathe out of. Uh, very intense. Because you really think you're going to die if you got duct tape on your hair and your face and then your eyeballs and everything. You know, it's like, there's no way you can even take this stuff off of you, you know? It's it, it so much. And, uh, you know, they did it purposely to mess with me mentally, you know? And uh, I was just praying to God. I was like, oh, my God, not like this. I was only 23 years old. 23 years old. I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, they took my keys. I gave them my keys. They took my ring. Uh, what was it? Like a 3.20 carat D flawless. My chain they took. They sold that. They took all the stuff from the from the heist. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was just a. Uh, and very, then you escaped. You know, <laughs> when you escaped, yes, were they I scared? Were the you going to come escaped. kill them? The, the third day I escaped because 
my uh, I didn't have handcuffs. I was just duct taped again, a new roll of duct tape like around my hands, and they left me there for an hour, and I got out. I, I got out. That's all I, you know, one hour, that was it, and I, and I broke away from the, the duct tape. It was much easier because I didn't have uh, steel handcuffs behind me. But, uh, you know, I'm not a bad uh, escape artist anyway, you know, but still. Did you, you know, recover your friend? Was... Yeah, did you get your buddy out of the Excuse trunk me? of the car? No, 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 absolutely still not. still there? No, they were driving him around. Oh. No, they were driving him around. They were driving him around. They were driving the car, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know if they took him somewhere else or if they moved him. I don't know what happened after that. I really, you know, because I got arrested that evening. And I went to prison. I say beat the so, crap out um, of this guy, that guy. Yeah, find that MoMA, son of a bitch. Set him up, baby. No, it's, 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 been, it's been so many years, you know, and uh, as I said, all these guys are so old now, and, um, you know, whatever happened, happened, but I was always a good guy. I never ratted on anybody. There's nobody in, in how did you? Uh, how did you just How did you, you know? just slip into the conversation, you hope you guys are still old now? What, is, what does that Excuse mean? Excuse me? When you said... These guys are old now, the big fellas that did this oh, to Oh, those guys. Okay. I thought you were talking about us. No. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are old, too. But uh, you guys look good, though. You guys look good. You didn't have a hard life uh, like, like, like we had. Listen, doing, uh, doing crime, you know how people like to watch the movies, but they don't see the other side of it. The majority of the guys, they're very broke. You know, they work because they don't have any money. And they have to feed their families. So, oh, listen, I wanted to give a good shout-out. To Douglas Shear, our yes. friend, our recording friend, the recording artist, because he he does a fantastic job, and nobody ever says his name, and that bothers me. So okay, you know, well, good thinking. Uh, I'm glad I just wanted you to mention him. Yeah. Can also, we can we cut that part out of the? <laughs> you cut that part out, Doug. You could make a <laughs> yeah, note yeah, of so where I'll that is. Cut we that could. part out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no, he does a fantastic job. He I really mean, does. He, Not only does he record the shows, but he sends me notes that tells me yes, if if the uh, volume dropped to twenty three fifteen for fifteen seconds. Professional. You know, great. Yeah, real pro. Professional. Yeah, and uh, you, you see, like this is what I like to use, you know, friends and and, and, and people, you know, friends of the, uh, you know, for the projects that we're going to be doing, we use friends and people that we know, and people that can really use the job and, and work, and, and they do a fantastic job, better than anybody else, you know. So basically, as I'm saying, I don't want to glorify any of this stuff, but a lot of movies are going to be coming out now, 2017, 18, 19. And they're going to be Burl Bear Productions and Punch <laughs> Productions and Howard Lapidus Productions. And all I'm saying is for you guys to be prepared for the tsunami of Eastern European crime, you know, because we have it all. I mean, we have the Ukrainian mob, shout out to them. We have the Russian mob. We have the Thai mob, the, mob, the LCN. You know, we have everything. So we're the ones that are holding uh, so, you know, the torch. So you're pretty all the sure... that you're, haven't been told, you're pretty sure, we have the stories now. You're, sure, you're pretty sure you know the Kardashian story. Excuse me? You're pretty sure you... What was that you, about the Kardashians? Yeah, you know that story. Uh, yeah, of course I know about the Kardashian story. Why? What, what about it? I'm asking about it so our audience can know about the Kardashian story. The Kardashian? Yeah, these guys that did the Kardashian, they weren't the Pink Panthers. No, no, absolutely not. But being that the police, the French police and Interpol, they keep, they keep their information so tight... Uh, not even my police friends could find out, you know. Uh, so, you know, they kept it hidden, and they didn't reveal that it might have been these gypsy, Algerian, French guys that we know that also steals. You know, if I thought they were in prison. The last time I heard, these guys were in prison for the past 20 years, you know. 
So, of course, I wouldn't think it was the crew that, that did it. And uh, as I said, there's many crews that, that steal and, and that uh, try to profit off of, off of things. But some of them are not doing a, right, you know, a good job. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, people get hurt like that. And they give other people a bad name. And Nothing you know, worse than criminals giving other criminals a bad name. Well, yeah, especially retired ones, am I right? Right. Especially retired ones. If you're running around saying that you're this and that, but you're not, but you're doing uh, heist the same way uh, we did. I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's not uh, cool. You so know? you're, so you're, pretty, you're, pretty, you're pretty well retired, but do they still come to you and talk to you and think that maybe you're not retired? Who's the they in this cool. story? The cops. Who is oh, they? Yeah. I don't know who they, they are. I don't know who that is. The cops. I don't know what you're talking about. Do the cops ever come and I try do. to arrest you for stuff you didn't do? Oh, yeah, of course. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my rap sheet is like a telephone book. Of course they come. I'm, I'm their expert. Well, not their expert, but, you know, something happens in the neighborhood and I'm there, they're going to question me immediately, of course. You know? Uh, that when I was on parole, yes, absolutely. Now, not so much anymore. You know? Nobody bothers me. Everybody knows I'm legit. Everybody knows that I'm making movies. And uh, everybody knows what I do. So, you know. But for um, a while there, they were banging on your door. Listen, if, no, 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 if, if there was things that were popping off here in America, then yeah, it would have been me, right? But I'm not. Nothing's happening here. That's why it's not me. Not the way I did things. Now, there's guys that do copycat crews. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody wants to make, uh, you know, a dollar. Everybody, you know, wants to uh, pull off a successful heist. All I'm saying is, you know, don't do it. You know, be legitimate. Go to college, you know, get a degree and, and do it that way. You don't have to do what I did and go to prison because prison is a part of it. And prison is, is not cool. I mean, it's something that nobody should go through. It's very humili humiliating and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not made for, for, for people, especially solitary confinement and all this other stuff that I did, that I had to do. And, and you see, I'm talking to you guys live. I'm not a bad guy, right? No, I know. I've, I've been with you in person. You know, yeah, I don't wish nobody harm, you know, I, I just, you know, and I never did any harm to anybody. As I said, I never ratted, and it bothers me sometimes when they have all these, you know, these uh, movies and documentaries, and sometimes they're glorifying the wrong person, you know, and I, listen, if you're bad, you're bad, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a good bad guy. Can we say that? Yeah. Yeah, I want to kind of, I kind of want to, I want to drill down on that like, a little more, because I, 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 listen, I steal from criminals, okay? I steal from other criminals. I target other criminals. Now, just because the insurance companies sell in that category, it's because I know something that other people don't know. Okay? Yeah. So I had it justified in my head, you know, who I targeted. And listen, it's all, as I said, it's all, it's all like a system. And people, you know, some people don't play by the right rules. And uh, anybody that is a victim from a jewelry corporation, Oh, trust me, they, 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 they made 400% profit, okay? 400% markup, 400% <laughs> profit, and uh, they sold their whole entire store in, in, in 14 days, uh, retail, okay? So they're very, very happy. And I'm talking about, you know, three, four times the value that they initially had. And, uh, you know, this makes the, makes, the, makes the flow go. Basically, so they're very so, happy. So robbing they're these people like a mitzvah. <laughs> of course, of course. What do you think? Of course, that's what I'm saying. They're praying to God that they get hit, or that something happens to them. They're not praying that they get 
robbed, okay? Robbery is a different beast. It's a different animal. You get a lot of time for robbery. That's going, going in there with a gun. That is not cool. The only people that were doing it and getting away with it successfully was only one European group, and that's it, okay? And, and no one else ever did anything uh, of that stature and that, uh, uh, you know, um, as I said, that correct. It's sensational because it's perfect, you know? It's like a Swiss watch. Everything is it's in its place. Well, I was the one where they, they went in with these machine guns and uh, automatic weapons and fired all these rounds. Yeah, that, was that was amazing. That was amazing. Okay, that we can talk about because that was 1994, 95. That was early, that was early, early uh, late 90s, like mid-90s. And, uh, yeah, these guys that went in there, man, they went in there like Rambo, and uh, they had masks on. It was three of them. They lit up the place, okay, with toys. I mean, with the, they weren't toys. They were real, uh, you know... Yeah, but there wasn't a bullet hole blanks. anywhere. <laughs> they were blanks. They used blanks. And it's all Hollywood. It was like a Hollywood scene. That was it. And everybody hit the floor. They were scared to crap. I mean, they were scared to death, of course. You know? And they got everything. That was a huge job. Beautiful job. And they accomplished it. And not even one hole. Nothing. You know? Yeah, the, uh, the cops show up. People say, oh, yeah, they fired off all these automatic weapons. They're looking, well, where are the yeah. bullet holes? Because we're all blanks. What, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, so you have to. So this is why a certain uh, police inspectors and detectives they appreciate this because this is an artistic type of crime, and uh, this is very old school, and it doesn't. It, it didn't start in in uh, in, in two thousand and three. Okay, it started in the seventies. This is uh, this refasi refasi like this French, you know, type of. Uh, you know, gentleman thief that they had, and they have a book called The Gorilla about about Stephen Bruno Salak. Amazing book. It's probably not translated, but many of the Eastern European gangsters they need to read that book. They read it book. Actually, they do read it. This is like their Bible. They go to this Bible, and then this is where they find this uh, this lifestyle of living in South of France, in Cannes. And, you know, they're traveling around with actors and movie stars, film festivals, and, and they're going around watching tennis, uh, you know, uh, tournaments, and they're following the sun. You know, uh, Monte Carlo, Ibiza, Nice, Spain, you know. It's, it's a you know, beautiful lifestyle because once these crooks, once they make $100 million or they did a, a, a score that big, what do you think they do? They live life. They live life. Nobody knows who they are. You know, a pocket full of diamonds, anywhere in the world you can go. You know, you can travel anywhere in the world and live live nice, and, and that's it. They have a story to tell, because by the time they catch up to them, guess what? Statue of limitations ran out. And you know what's okay. amazing is that if you would have just done a retirement heist, right? If you would have done one, yes. you could have lived happily ever after. But you were the guy that kept oh. going back to the well. You were the guy that uh, well, the, your yeah, crew you know, okay, just taking why. the money and run. I was different because I was an idiot, okay? And I was more or less, um, you know, I didn't have any respect for money at that time. I spent it as fast as I made it, and the more I spent, the more I made. And I couldn't understand this mathematical, you know, this, this thing that was happening. It was like the more I spend, the more I make. You know, and I'm spending it on stupid things. I was buying my own friends. I was going to nightclubs, throwing money in China Club. You know, and I have a you know six seven thousand dollar wad, and, and I see a fifty dollar, I, I throw it out of my wad. I'm like, what the hell is this doing in my money? Like, you know, in front of a girl to impress her, really dumb stuff. You know, imagine stuff that only, imagine if uh, you found that teenagers would do. Imagine if you found you know? that sixteen million, you'd have some cash. 
Well, well, listen, if I had 1% of the money that I earned or that went through my hands, it would have been so much, so much. I'm scared. I'm scared to tell you. Maybe Earl's going to figure it out. I don't know when, when, when he finishes the book series, but, you know, it's not one book. It's, it's, a, it's like a few. And I don't know where he's going to stop, but he is probably going to be the one that figures out how much money it was altogether. He's the one that's finding all the articles in the newspaper. We have guys working 24-7 on this, like investigators, you know, going through the, the library papers, the microfilms, you know, digging out everything. And, and it's just amazing the amount of, uh, of crime it was. It's, like, scary. Like, how, how is it that the NYPD and, and they were so incompetent in those years? Like, why? But because they obviously they were weren't totally on. incompetent. They were more, like, totally corrupt. If they're saying to your dad, hey, listen, Mr. Stan, yeah, yeah, as well, long as yeah. your crew has real jobs, we're not going to bother you. You know, I don't know. It's funny because, like, you, you're right. It could have been. You know, it, is, it was corruption. But there was also other attributes. As I said, it's a multifaceted story. You know, it's a true story. It's my story. You know, people are like, oh, don't, don't say anything. Don't say it's your, you know, say what? Talk about my life? Are you kidding me? I lived it. I had to do the years in prison. Did 21 years in the system, 16 years in prison, five years parole. Add it up. You know, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. I didn't kill anybody. I never hurt anybody, you know? But I did more time than a murderer does, than a killer. You know, uh, it, was a, it was, an, it was and, enough. Uh, Mr. Matt Allen, Magic Matt Allen, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I know I was bad, and I did bad things, and now I'm good, and I'm talking about the bad things I've done so other people don't have to do them because they're going to wind up in jail, and it's much worse now, today, because you're going to get caught. Uh, before, they didn't have cell phones. Okay, today, they have satellites, and they can look inside your house. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a totally different era, and you can't do what we did. They have heat seeking today. They have so much... You know, they, they, they will know if I'm on in the backyard of 47th Street today. They would know. You know, uh, today they're protected a lot better. And I'm the type of person that should actually be questioned to make it better, to make the world better and safer place. Because I'm the only one that really knows, you know, these uh, short end, these shortcuts. You know, how if to you do can, If you can't rob them, them, no one can. Well, let me yeah, ask. Let me I ask you this. Hey, you, Punch, you're saying today it's yeah. 47th Street is pretty well locked down, but what about the? No, it's not that. It's just a different time. No, 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 no. You just have to. It depends. You know, I said it's a much harder time today. There's cameras everywhere. Okay, everywhere. So, I mean, so a jeweler. I have to make it to 47th Street. Time out. I have to make it to 47th Street first, not to be on camera. It's like London. You know, London there's cameras everywhere. They have a whole entire network under cameras for them. Punch and the, punch you have something like this. Why do you think I was pushing for the officers, for the, all the cops, for them to have cameras on? Hey, Punch. Because this would, pre this would prevent them from doing bad things. Gotcha. And also punch, uh, show the truth. Go ahead. Look. Hey, I think uh, we're getting a musical signal yeah, from our yes, producer. We, we are. We're, we're done. I mean, the hour, the hour flies by. Uh, we're going to have you back, obviously, uh, and uh, you're going to pay Magic Man out. I, I, yeah, and I have to ask, Matt, Matt, what is that that sounds like it's running at 16 RPM? There you go. Thanks, Bunch. Hey, Burrow. What? What's next? Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, Bunch. Thank you so much. I'll have you back again, of course. i got to finish the damn book, too. <laughs> book number one. You do that, you tell me what's next. Okay. Magic Ben Allen on the Demons of Dragon is live for the Lightning Up Lounge. Burl, it's Dunkirk. It's the theme from Dunkirk. Is that what it is? Yeah. And is it slow like those? Was that on purpose? Yeah.
I'm that's, a, that, that's how they wrote it. I'm assuming they did it on purpose. Yeah. I thought maybe you were playing it at 16 RPM and it's a 33. I don't have those capabilities. Wouldn't do it. It's one of the few times in life, ladies and gentlemen, that Magic Man Allen has said he doesn't have certain capabilities. But I know that he's a man who can do virtually anything when it comes to music. And I never lied, radio. except I, I just lied. Just lied. You were playing at the wrong speed. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Magic Man Allen's next. With the Demons of Deck. With the Demons of Deck, it is live in the line of Louds. Go nowhere. Go nowhere. Yes, stay super glued to no, your computer. No, your... no flipping. <laughs> no flipping?